Sounds like a plan, Stan. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to this episode of the Harder to Kill podcast. Um, I'm still trying to work on my intro. Everyone makes fun of me now, so I'm going to have to try to like switch it up. I don't know. Anyways, uh, I'm your host, Coach Shannon, and this week for my guest, I have been calling him like Mystery Man because for years he's just like popped in and out of the gym randomly and I'm like who's this guy and I've only known this guy as Kyle's friend and more recently uh he's been coming to the gym like more regularly and so I asked Kyle like I don't know when it was a few weeks ago or whatever I'm like what's the deal what's the deal with this guy like now he comes to the like now he's a regular member now like what's going on and he's like I don't know you should have him on the podcast and and ask him I was like all right cool so anyways I have him on the podcast and now he's going to he's going to finally reveal to me all the secrets that I would like to know. Hmm. <laughs> so hello, Josh Kramer. Hello, I'm Kyle's friend. Yes. <laughs> right. And then he only has ever called you Kramer. And for the longest time, I didn't know that your first name was Josh. And then I think randomly, I think I don't think I knew until you came here. And I think maybe your name was like in Zen Planner finally. And I was like, oh. So you're connecting the dots. It finally occurred. I finally was like... He's more than just a single name. (laughs) I was like, he's got a first name. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So um, anyways, why don't you just quick tell us like who you are now, like where you work, where you live, just like that sort of stuff to just give people like a frame of reference, just that you've... And you've been Kyle's friend since you said like four years old. Mm -hmm. So just tell us a little bit about that part of you and then we'll get into some more stuff uh right now uh hello everybody out there in warrior crossroad world (laughs) uh my name is josh kramer you can call me kramer whenever you see me in the gym i've been called that my entire life and i actually prefer that over josh i think oh that's cool that Um, i know that because i've been calling you josh for the last however many i'm not i'm not gonna correct you shannon (laughs) i'm not rude but um do you think it's hold on do you think it's rude to correct people to tell them what you want to be called because i think I feel bad if someone has not told me and I've just been calling them the wrong thing. I, I think it's like that Midwest thing where you, you don't want to step on anybody's toes ever. You know what I mean? Like, there's kind See, of I mentality. don't because that's not me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm literally like, what'd you call me? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like Peyton's story where this guy over at the salon for like two years called her the wrong name. He finally called her the wrong name in front of someone else and they were like, what? <laughs> that's not her name and then like think how stupid that guy feels that he's been calling her the wrong name for like two years it was like a long time not just like not just like a one-off or whatever i think everybody hates confrontation you know like you, even even the tiny little things like that <laughs> oh i do at least i guess i shouldn't speak for others but yeah um so right now i work as a rn in an emergency department in mount pleasant I oh my been, gosh i had no idea yeah i've been doing that for about a year and a half um, it was actually a second career. I, I was actually a personal trainer for f- five years. Um, and I loved it. It was just, uh, I, I know, and this is nothing against anybody that wants to get into fitness as a career or anything. It's just, I got to the point where this, this, uh, thing that I loved and I did became, uh, a job and, that's people say do what you love for work but my experience has been that um after doing that for so long it it wasn't fun anymore um i stopped wanting to go into the gym and i i didn't want to feel that anymore and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of other things to that too but um like you said i've known kyle since I honestly cannot remember when we first met. When you it's, didn't know each other? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're both from Wapolo. It's a small town. We had a, we had a class of like 42 people. So it, me, him, and there's probably eight to ten other guys have been really close friends our entire life. And mm-hmm. um, growing up with him, I mean, we did all the normal shit, I guess. Uh, can I curse on here? Yeah. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure I was yeah. going to get flagged or anything for that. <laughs> Yeah, oh, see, uh, you don't know me that well, and so I'm, so on the podcast, I will say, I don't think I've ever actually, like, said it, but I do, I shouldn't say try not to curse, I definitely don't want to just 
drop tons of f-bombs but like every once in a while it's warranted you know so yeah it's totally fine anyways uh go on so you did normal shit Uh, growing up (laughs) as a Um, boy from a small town yeah (laughs) and uh believe it or not in a town in 2000 there's there's not a lot to do so i i feel like everything we did specifically was an excess um, I have that type of personality. I think he does. I shouldn't speak for him, but I just feel that way. We can so, speak for him. Let's talk all kinds of trash on Kyle. Yeah, that yeah. Is, Let's just throw him under the bus. Yeah. And hopefully he survives the tires. But, it's really um, one of my fa- my favorite pastimes. <laughs> so. But, uh, so it was everything from... I know we both enjoyed lifting weights, and we, did, we took that to the extreme. Uh, you know? Like in it, high school? Yeah, or and, uh, Well, uh... Right after high school, it really got mm-hmm. to be a focus. I I know for both of us, during high school even too, like I know he did this and so did I as well. Like I think they were, I thought, I think the high schools were a lot more lenient with students back then. Like during gym class, we used to be able to, instead of like doing stuff in the gym with everybody else, we could just go to the weight room. And I, with no supervision, and I'm sure that would never <laughs> happen anymore. And I, I honestly, I think everything started to change too, because unfortunately, a, a student from a school around here passed away from a weightlifting accident when he mm. was unsupervised. Got to watch out for those bench presses, guys. Make sure you always have a spot. Oh yeah, with yeah, those. yeah. I heard about that. Um, so just really quick, since we're talking to each other, most people who, and when we don't know each other that well, mm-hmm. most people who listen to this podcast know that I am also from like small town. I grew up in Fruitland. I went to L&M. Oh, so, the big L&M. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I did graduate with like 60 some, so not quite 42, but definitely like understand that small town. And then my husband also went to L&M oh, okay. and grew up on a farm like outside Let's. And so I do kind of am like, I, I have a picture of just like boys you know running around outside and shooting bb guns and like riding motorcycles (laughs) well especially for him i mean uh kyle's dad is really into like motocross oh yeah yeah so uh but um we we i guess the expression work hard play hard was very true i i recall you know working hard in, in the weight room and stuff for sports and then also playing hard it was every weekend uh just booze cruising, stuff like that, going to parties. Uh, and this was in high school, or are you, are you uh, like yeah, out? Yeah, <laughs> High uh, school, right out, right, like after high school, like that uh, sort of stuff? Especially right after high school. That's when, like I said, um, personalities of excess. And I, I recall Kyle went to Kirkwood. I stayed local and went to SCC, but I know for a fact, because he would come home on the weekends all the time, and... We, we would, I would go up there all the time, um, to Cedar Rapids to see him, but mm-hmm. we, we both, uh, live for the party, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, weightlifting was always a part of things too, but they kind of, uh, counteract each yeah. other a little bit. <laughs> well, and, uh, it, you know, you can't live with regrets, but I was just like, that's, it's kind of going against the grain. It doesn't really work. I've come to find that if you treat your body like shit, but also work out hard, you really don't see much progress. I mean... But you're young, so some of that yeah, stuff yeah. is... You still get... It still works out when you're 18, 19. Right. But the older you get, it does not. But, um, I mean, for instance, it, it, it used to be a mentality of, you know... Let's get blackout drunk, basically. I, yeah. I, I recall uh, during Christmas break our freshman year um, bragging about how both of us together as a duo, like a team, went through, I think it was like 26 handles of vodka, like a Texas fifth in, in 28 days. And, what? Uh, be, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And being proud of this fact and looking back on it now, it's it's silly, but... I, I think that's just the mentality. A lot I remember of having that yeah. mentality. There was one time in college that um, I think so it was my husband now, but he was my dumb boyfriend at the time. <laughs> and um, he must have worked out. He must have been too. Dumb. <laughs> I guess. Um, 
But they, him and a friend, so I don't know if any of you guys remember or know, like, the Ice House beer. Yeah. So they were supposed to drink, like, a case of that beer, like, between the two of them. And that was, like, their thing that they were going to, like, go for. And it's just, like, this is the dumbest idea anyone's ever had. (laughs) You're not a fan of case races, Shannon? Uh, Not, I mean, it's, like, at the time, it seems like it's funny and, like, cool, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, so it's, like, I know what you're saying. It's, like, now that you're older, you're, like, that is dumb. (laughs) Like, why did I want to do that? (laughs) Why did I want to be sick? Like, why did I want to drink to excess to, like, then also be sick and, like, feel like shit? I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, I, I think people get caught up. I especially got caught up in that college culture. I, I think a lot of people do. It's just the mentality when you're It's fun when you're at the age. time yeah. and you want to be cool. So you're trying yeah. to like fit in and like be cool and you don't really worry a lot about your health or how things are going to adversely affect you because at that age you're invincible. That's right? that's exactly it. And I mean, I I didn't I don't think I read a hangover until I was 20, so that kind of helps too <laughs> when you can rebound from doing stuff like that oh, and it I never know. affects you. <laughs> I know. But, uh, we all I think anybody over the age of 30 knows uh you got to pay the price now. <laughs> if you yeah. do anything like that. It gets worse uh once you get to be 40. Oh, I, I <laughs> I'm sure uh, everybody keeps telling me not to get old because it just continues. Right. To get worse it goes downhill. I, yeah. Um. So then I assume, are you guys the same age then? So you're also 30? Yeah, we're both 30. All yep. right. The three zero. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So now you have like, when did you decide you were going to get more serious about your life then? Ooh, that's, that took a while for me. Um, I would say right around 25, 26. So uh, this is this is the disparity between uh, my lifestyle and Kyle's. It was, um, I'd say when we were around 21, the thing to do in Wapolo, there was not a commercial gym in, in the town at the time. So uh, you could get permission to lift weights in the high school gym mm-hmm. in their weight room. And uh, at the time, the... Uh, I don't know, the school board decided that they were no longer going to let alumni lift in the gym anymore. And that is when Kyle started going to Warrior CrossFit Muscatine. So at the, I remember being extremely upset. He was extremely upset. And look at, look at how life works out. I mean, that's, it's funny now. It, it's always easy to see in hindsight because hindsight's twenty twenty. But that really projected him towards a path that worked out for the the best as I, I can see it. He felt, so far he is only 30. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he fell in love with, with CrossFit right out of the get go. Yeah. And, um, I recall going to the, going there with him every now and then. And I, I enjoyed it, but, um, it seemed like that was about the time him and Peyton got, got together and started getting very serious as well. And, uh, so he wasn't living that bachelor lifestyle anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I continued down that that party mentality for a while. It took me a, a long time to get that figured out. I I continued to live a life of excess. And uh, did you kind of was that like a product of your upbringing? I mean, do your did your parents have that kind of example for so, you? Or? So that's that's the thing. Um, it, to be completely frank and honest, uh, alcoholism runs in my in my mom's side of the family and. Be, I, I think that played a log, large part in it. She never really drank. I, I've seen my mother drink. Now she does, now that me and my sister are out of school. But mm-hmm. um, I do not recall ever seeing my parents drunk the entire time I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I've seen my dad drunk once, and that was at my sister's wedding, and he totally regrets that. <laughs> but uh, no, They were never heavy drinkers. A they one-off were, being drunk is probably a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, they, no, my, my environments, I, I think my social environments of like being in a group of friends where that, that is what we look forward to every weekend. Right. That was, that was the big hurrah. Like, yeah, you're going to, like I said, work hard, work your ass off and then play hard on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point for me that, that got way out of hand. So I, I unfortunately, you know. I tried to quit drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to slow down on my own. And I, I would say right around 25, things had gotten to the point where I knew that I couldn't do that on my own. 
and I uh, started, I, I seek professional help. I, I actually went to rehab and uh, got sober that way. And So you went to rehab for alcoholism? Alcohol, yes. Yes, and uh, yeah, I am an alcoholic. You, once, once that cucumber turns into a pickle, it never goes <laughs> back into a cucumber. That's an yeah. old saying. But um, I've been sober for about four and a half years, and that I guess that's when my life really, I, that's when my grown up growing up point hit. Mm-hmm. I, I started going to twelve step recovery pro- programs, and uh, my life's been a lot better since then. But. So you're happy you uh, made that change? Yeah. What was kind of your, I mean, you feel like share whatever you feel comfortable with, but um, what was kind of your turning point? I mean, a lot of people, unfortunately, just continue down the path of alcoholism and, you know, life destruction for maybe their whole life or definitely, you know, older than like 25. I I think there's a few things that helped. Um, One was... I enjoyed the fitness lifestyle, even though I was doing something self-destructive as that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think you were kind of a functioning alcoholic. Yeah, <laughs> for the most part, um, until it wasn't functional yeah. anymore. But um, so I knew, I, I was like, I know this is terrible for my body. I, you know, I, I, I can't continue to do this. I, I knew enough about nutrition and health to be like, this, this is not right. Mm-hmm. But um, if if anybody's ever talked to an addict or an alcoholic, there's a point where they want to quit, but they can't. And mm-hmm. that's where I was at. Um, what helped me change the most was I had an amazing support group of family members that knew I had a problem, weren't really, really sure how to help me, but they were there for me. And uh, to get really honest, uh, I don't know, seeing my mother break down about it, I guess mm. that was the turning point. That's, um, that's where I was like, wow. I, and if anybody, you know, it's very common to know someone that's struggling with these issues. And I would say if, if you've talked to anybody that's gotten through them, um, one thing is they, I never understood the damage I was doing to, the, to my loved ones until, until about then. Mm-hmm. You really think you're just hurting yourself. Right. But, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I I made my turnaround point. I I got sober, focused on that for about a year, and then was like, I want to do something else with my life. And that and I I love fitness still. I mean, that's why I come to this gym. And there's mm-hmm. a lot more to it just than that. But mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want I don't want to do this as a career anymore. And I had an interest in health and just the human body and disease processes and stuff and um the community college in burlington uh had a has a nursing program and i got in and that's the route i took and i'm working as an rn right now awesome so you said in mount pleasant mm-hmm. at the hospital mm-hmm. for did you say it was in the emergency it, room or? yes ma'am so you do emergency room that's got to be like a high stress it uh seeing a lot of uh, COVID patients in there. Oh gosh, guys. <laughs> uh, I How many it, times have you had COVID? Zero, I believe. Zero times? Uh, the vaccine helps. I, I think I think being healthy helps. That's one thing that I, I don't want to be one of those uh, podcasters that talks about COVID because that's all you see and, <laughs> or hear anymore on yeah. podcasts. But um, it's no joke. Staying healthy helps. Well, you're in the medical field and that's interesting to me because I'm not in the medical field. And so sometimes it is kind of hard to know what is real, what's not real, like what's really happening in the hospitals. What are people actually going through? Because a lot of the stuff these days is a lot of propaganda and a lot of false information. And so it's kind of like, I don't want to sit here and talk about covid or whatever yeah but you know i just thought i would ask the question um we do have we do have another nurse that is a member here that definitely has like worked works with those type of patients and in that unit and it's very stressful you know and it is not a good time (laughs) well and it's uh covid's real folks it and it, it really affects people especially if you're if you're older or you've had smoking in your past if you smoke cigarettes or tobacco in your past or if you're obese and that's that's not me fat shaming anybody it's just the truth yeah. i mean 
uh, I've seen a lot of heavy set patients really, really struggle w- mm-hmm. with it. And it's, it's not good stuff. It really isn't. But, um, I mean, people who are overweight deal with a lot of more yes. medical issues in general. So it's not just like COVID isn't special. Oh, that's one yeah. thing that, that is one thing I guess I should have shared about my life too. What really got me into fitness is I, I was actually very heavy set in high school and I lost about 110 pounds. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, I put on about 50 and I like to say most of it's muscle, but I don't think it is, but, um, no, what do I you mean you've put on 50. So I went from 260 to about 155, 150, and then back up to about 200, 205. This 10. is over the last like 10 years of your life. Yeah, 10, 10 15. I'm 30 now. So it'd be like the last 13 years. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think led to being 260 pounds? What led to being 260 pounds is, at like 16? Um, uh, one thing was my mother grew up in a household of, uh, eight or nine siblings. It's, I have five uncles and three, so it'd be eight siblings. Um, you know, usually there was only one breadwinner back then. So you're on a tight budget, you know Mm -hmm. how to make those casserole meals, you know how to, (laughs) you know how to spread a dollar. And, uh, the, that's, that's passed on generation after generation. I, I mean, on my mother's side, uh, she's had four siblings have, heart attacks, uh, five of them have diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when I was growing up, it was, everything was cheap and quick mm-hmm. because we were busy. And I don't blame my parents for my weight gain. It's, they were doing the best that they could at the time. They had no concept of healthy eating. My, my, right. and to be, and it, it, they paid the price for it too. I, I, my, I mean, they were eating the stuff too. And then yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. And like, for instance, my, my father and I love my dad and he's actually gotten a lot healthier in his life, but, um, it had to come down to him getting diabetic retinopathy, which is when basically you have tiny little blood vessels in your eyes and they get clogged up from having high sugar levels in your blood all the time to the point where you're blind so he had to lose his vision to basically... My dad has type 2 type diabetes yeah. as well. And um, nothing has really stopped him in order to get him to control it. Um, the older he gets, I I feel like the worse it gets. I mean, he is... Like, one of the big things with him was, oh, as long as he didn't have to be on insulin, then he was, like, mm-hmm. going to be fine. Well, it's like, well, then he had to go on insulin. And then... And it's now he's not, yeah. Yep. And, I mean, also to my dad's... I don't want to say credit, but just... My mom um, had like a year stint with cancer and then mm-hmm. she passed away. I'm sorry to and hear so that. And so during all that stuff, my dad had a very hard time like taking care of himself. And unfortunately with type 2 diabetes, it's like it's imperative that every day you're monitoring your sugars exactly. and you're eating appropriately and you're doing these things. And my dad basically... Uh, was just mostly stuck at home for like a year. So very immobile, very like emotional, super hard time. And so I know that that definitely has not helped him. Um, I think he's been doing better now because she, we're coming up on two years since all that happened. And so I think I'm hope that he, I'm hoping that he's starting to do better. The weird thing is he's had um, like severe asthma his whole life. Uh-huh. And then, and of course he's overweight and he's mm-hmm. in his sixties and, um, so COVID's probably scary. No, That's... he got COVID. I was just going to wow. say, so just a few weeks ago, like literally within the last month, my whole, so my brother and sister-in-law and their kids and everything. And, and my dad, they all live together and they all had my brother, my sister-in-law had COVID again for the second time. She's had COVID, been vaccinated, had COVID again. Um, my brother got it and my dad and my brother was the sickest one. And my brother is actually in very good shape and mm-hmm. he's young, you know, he's like in his thirties or whatever. And so it was really weird because my, we were afraid for my dad to get COVID. And actually my brother got him um, a year ago to quarantine for an entire month <laughs> because you're just, we didn't know. And he had all the like 
high risk yeah, scenarios, yeah. right? Like overweight, over 60, asthmatic, diabetic, that's like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and so it, it was really weird to me that like COVID really didn't affect him that much. And w- w- I, was he vaccinated? No, no, <laughs> no, no. She says, no, no, that's, that's a, my sister-in-law was vaccinated, but my dad and my brother would probably, that's, they would probably never, I don't know. Like, that's, that's the crazy thing about this thing too, is it, it affects everybody differently. Everybody I, different. That's what's so crazy. And then somebody like my dad, who you would think like, this is going to be a disaster. If you get this, you could maybe die. You know what I mean? Back? And then he's like, it was like a normal like cold for him or whatever. And so I was just like, I was totally like mind blown by that. Yeah. You know? Um, so anyway, that's the, I, I was just, I was just put, putting my story in there a little bit just because I can relate to the fact that like. It's frustrating, isn't well, it? Well, and just, you know, like growing up in a scenario to where your parents, it's not that they're bad parents. They just don't know. A lot less was known about like food and eating and, and there was no emphasis put on any of that. Like when we were growing up, I mean, my mom would buy food that was cheap, like go to all these and stuff like that. But it would just be the like generic version of the ding dongs and like the generic versions of like. Mountain Dew, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> well, and the issue back then, I mean, I, I'm sure everybody's heard this now. I, during the 80s, 90s, 2000, early 2000s, it was fat is the enemy. Oh, yeah. That's causing all low these fat, issues. Low fat, yep. And, and you look at, you know, even if your parents were knowledgeable about what the guidelines were, you know, it was saying have, you know, 15 servings of whole grains a day oh, yeah. as the basis of your diet right. and avoid avoid any fat whatsoever you can Just have these wheat bread yeah and you can have these <laughs> you can have these dressings that uh are low fat but high in sugar those are mm-hmm. those are fine and i i think that the cat's out of the bag now with that. I think people are much more knowledgeable. Yeah, they just added salt and sugar to everything to make it taste good. Yeah, for, yeah. But it was like, as long as it was low fat. Oh, yes. I remember my mom buying like the snack wells and like, oh, yeah. Yep. All that kind of stuff. Um, so it's just crazy how we've definitely come a long way. And then my children, they don't know anything. They don't know what it's like to eat like that. Now you have so much more choice because um, she, you know, gets made fun of at school sometimes for the type of food that she eats because a lot of kids are, are still like, especially high school kids, because, you know, you're invincible in high school and they just want to eat what tastes good. A lot of kids literally bring like a bag of chips and little Debbie snacks and like that's like their lunch, you know. And that's that's <laughs> heartbreaking to hear. It really right? is. It, it is because I, some of those kids aren't necessarily overweight, but... You know, because you can overcome a lot of that as just being like the age that you are. But it just the problem is, and this is why I've tried to like teach my children. The problem is the habits that you Mm -hmm. form and the way that your brain craves that kind of food. Oh, and 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 getting back to when you asked me, you know, uh, how do you get to 260 pounds? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's not even just that, you know, the environment you're in, but it's it's when I was growing up, it was uh, in my family Food was uh, not just for comfort, but it was a reward. Oh, you did good on a on a spelling exam. Let's go get ice cream. Oh, you're feeling sad today. Let's go get ice. They cream. They still give pizzas for the reading. Yeah, and <laughs> and that's that's fine but to, to an extent. But I I feel like a, what would be a better prize? Just give the kids money. Everybody <laughs> likes money. No, but. I, I think that's another thing that really uh, will push someone to that. And and in all honesty, for me, it was um, I did not have good coping mechanisms or skills. And mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of us do this. I, I, I still suffer from it sometimes, you know, uh, long day, feel like shit. Um, don't want to think after this long day, just want to watch TV and zone out while eating. I don't know, little Debbie's or mm-hmm. something like that. And yeah. that doesn't work if you're trying to be successful when it comes to CrossFit at all. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And it's just, it's it's all a learning oh, process. I mean, or I don't even know, like even in life, to be honest, because if you're going too hard on one thing that it's affecting your, your other things, like, are you really winning at that thing in the end? You know what I mean? Like you're sacrificing your health for this. You're sacrificing your time with your family for this thing Mm -hmm. or like whatever it is. I'm just throwing out like general examples, but like, I think it's much better to figure out how you can be a little bit more balanced to where 
Yeah. I, my, my feelings on that is if someone can figure out how to balance their life properly, write a book and you'll make a lot of money because it's, it, it's a constant ever changing thing yeah. that you're always working on. Right. That's, because that's, that's it. Exactly. You never just figure life out. You never just do it no. perfect. And the second, the second that you think you do have it figured out, like some external factor comes in and just shits all over. Oh your yeah. Life. That's, that's 100%. <laughs> no, it, it's funny. And I, I'm sure a lot of other people have had this experience. You, you look back on your life when you were younger and you see these 30, 35, 40 year olds and you're like, oh, wow, they got it together. They got the house. They got the kids. They got the car. They must have life figured out. I'm just I don't know what to do with my life. And then yeah. you get to that age and you realize you still don't know what to do with your life. You're still you're still got that daily battle. It's nothing you know. is more frustrating than getting older and like kind of crossing those milestones of like those 10 year ages, you know, like 30 and then 40 and then realizing that like am I actually, am I better off than I was before? Yeah. And what have I been doing with myself this last 10 years? Like, ugh, that is the most frustrating thing. But I'm just like, I don't know. I sort of feel like it's just the way that that's like what life is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just always trying to like figure out how to do better, like all the time. Um, but yeah, so I would definitely say given, you know, the background that you've told me. So like overweight in high school and then kind of turn that into alcoholism. Yeah. It's sort of like food food for drink. That's, that's yeah. kind of what happened to me. Kind of like lacking, like you said, like a coping me mechanism, not, you know, and just like trying to feel good probably, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, that's just human nature when it yeah, comes for down sure. to it. But, um, what, what draws me to, uh, this gym and the CrossFit community in general is, um, it's easy to fall back into those habits if you don't have a support group or mm -hmm. a, a group of like-minded individuals. And, you know, there's that cliche saying that you are who you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's always been true for me. I mean, uh, when I was surrounding myself with people that were living that party lifestyle, that's all I wanted to do. And when I, when I surrounded myself with fitness minded individuals that's where my mindset is it's yeah i i have come to find that i cannot do this on my own and mm -hmm. and being around a group of people that's i think we're basically all working towards the same goal i mean mm -hmm. everybody just wants to be healthier mm -hmm. um, and happier mostly. And, hit, and hit PRs. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that because too. that makes you happy, right? Yeah. Like it's cool and fun to make progress and feel like you're working towards something. Exactly. You get that dopamine rush from that, from that new PR and then mm -hmm. you feel, you get that sense of accomplishment. And so, um, it's definitely addicting in that regard for sure. But like in a, in a good way, I mean, there's definitely been people who've taken that to the extreme yeah. and then, you know, obviously they need to kind of swing that pendulum back, you know, like a little bit more to, we probably need to take this a little less serious. And <laughs> well, and like, like I said, I've always been about excess, you know, I've, I've done it where, oh, I'm going to work out, you know, six days a week. And a couple of those days I'll do two day workouts. And, um, that did not end well. No, <laughs> I, I, I feel like, like we we're just talking about that balance. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's all about balance. Um, me personally, I, I try to get here as much as I can, but I have a busy schedule and that, well, it's, everybody's it's, got a busy schedule. Uh, let me put it this way. <laughs> let me put it this way. I'll take that back. Okay. Um, since I live 30 minutes away from the gym, I'm not capable of getting here with my work schedule as much as I'd like to, but it, I, I, I try to get here as much as I can. It because, is tough. I because being being in this environment is uh, that's why I, you asked why did I start coming to the gym more often? Yeah, I was wondering where you came from because it, it always seemed like before it would be so random. So when when I was working as a personal trainer, I was working in Burlington, Iowa, at a gym there, and during that time, I had my own little community of people that go. were like minded. Um, but on the weekends, I you know. I enjoy spending time with a friend. I mean, I've been a good friend of Kyle's, like, like I said, for 25 years. Mm -hmm. And so I would come down on Saturdays. I would drop, drop in, you know, on the Murph, Murph workout, yeah. stuff like that. Um, and after I left the gym about a year ago to start my new career, 
I really got into, or I was, I was still into fitness. I was going to the gym. There is a commercial gym in Wapolo now. And mm-hmm. that was my thing, but, but it just wasn't the same. It, I heard Mount Pleasant's got a CrossFit gym too. I've never been there. I, I haven't I, either. I haven't, but it, it wasn't the same because, you know, you can set up a workout plan and you can go into a gym by yourself. But if anybody has tried the solo act, like I said, it's, it's difficult. I, I lost motivation. I didn't have fun anymore. There's it, nobody to know what you're doing. And right. That's, so that's kind of like a, you kind of, after a while you're like, well, this is pointless. Like no one even knows what I'm doing here. So you have to literally be doing it just for yourself. And then it's really easy to give up on yourself. There's that. And there's no accountability. I mean, yeah. and I'm not saying like, uh, uh, I am saying that. I think, I think the, uh, community here, people hold each other accountable, you know, it's in, kind a, in of a way a, it's kind of in a different way. It's not super direct as far as like, People aren't mad at you if you like miss a workout or whatever, but I think where the accountability factor comes in is the fact that, um, you know, that other people are here doing the thing yeah. and then you know that you're, if you're slacking just, off, <laughs> you know that like, if you're not just there doing the thing and you don't have a good excuse, then like, you're just not there doing the thing. And so I don't think that it's people are directly providing you the accountability. It's more of the indirect of just wanting to be a part of the group. A and if you're, of, that's, that yeah. sums it up great. And yeah. if you're not doing, if you're not here logging the workout so that other people can see and other people aren't seeing you in the gym, then you're not a part of the group anymore. And now you're kind of out on your own. And so just like by human nature in general, we all want to be a part of a group. <laughs> that's that's exactly it. And like it, it got to the point where, you know, I was doing these workouts on my own and, you know, I, I didn't have a group. I didn't have a community. And it was, I wouldn't say depressing, but I wasn't looking forward to going into the gym anymore. It gets boring kind of. Yeah, you know? And, and mm-hmm. I, I reached out to Kyle and I was like, hey, man, I... I got to I got to get back into this. And he said, come on down. And and that's the thing is um, you start to get to know people. You start to uh, communicate with other individuals in this community. And uh, that camaraderie really goes a long way because uh, it, it's all, uh, you know, there's that Buddhist philosophy. Life is suffering. Well, that, well, uh, CrossFit is suffering in a, in a lot of ways, <laughs> it but it's a lot easier to suffer with others than do it on your own. I, yeah. I, I like to say, um, I've just been saying it stupid, but it's, it's a good, bad time here. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's a really good way to put it. It is a good, bad time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I don't know why, and, but it really makes it easier when you're like, well, this sucks, but everybody else is doing it. I don't want to be the one person that walks out of this. Yeah. When it sucks. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. Yep. Um, I had someone come yesterday and that's that indirect accountability I'm talking about. You yeah. don't want to be the person that's going to quit before someone else. Like you want to be, if someone else can do it, you're like, I can do it. But, um, yesterday I was joking because, or someone was like joking with me because they're like, I'm glad that I can just come here and I have no choice. That's that's it. Like, because th- this person, um, you know, not into running, didn't think she could, you know, even run two miles. And then you come here and you end up, since you don't have a choice, you end up surprising yourself and then doing better than you expected. And it really helps build that confidence. You know what I mean? So that's another thing that I think kind of where that accountability comes in is it's just like, well, I don't have a choice when I'm here. Like I'm not going to not do the thing unless, you know, you're injured or something and we have to like sub it or whatever. But like you're doing the workout that is posted. (laughs) Exactly. And you know, going back to, uh, when I was a trainer, I know how to create exercise programs, but getting rid of that choice and having someone else do it for you. I mean, there, that is some freedom. And if anybody has ever done the solo act, you know, you're, there's always that, what do I need to work on? What am I doing? What is this? What is that? And uh, it's just it's just one less thing you got to worry about in life. And it's definitely nice to have someone else do the programming. Yeah. I don't, Kyle doesn't have that. He doesn't get to say that. Yeah. Well, I guess he he's SOL. <laughs> I guess he's SOL. 
Yeah, but I mean, I think that that probably is part of where you can experience burnout when you're in the fitness industry for your job. Um, so we talked to the original, the the founder of Warrior CrossFit last week, mm-hmm. and you know he lasted about five years mm-hmm. before you just start to feel that like this isn't fun anymore, like this is an actual service and an actual business. I need to run an actual business. And, you know, it's like, well, I don't really want to do that stuff. I just wanted to do the fun part. And then once you can't really do that fun part anymore, then you need to probably do something else or you need somebody, you need to hire someone to like run the business side so you can just have fun. Or, you know, there's some other like steps that you're going to like need to take. And so, you know, I'm not sure if that's where you kind of like ran into your issue. Just, well, and I'm going to say one more thing. Working with people in general, it's tough. It can People be. have all kinds of different personalities, different problems, different backgrounds. And you can sometimes just get, you can sometimes get the life sucked out of you a little bit by other people's problems. You know what I mean? And coming back to uh, accountability, it's, that's in a large part, that's what a trainer does is just provide accountability for someone. But right. You can lead a horse to water and you can't make them drink. And right. that, that can be that is definitely frustrating in in that profession. I I feel that you can kind of get tired of it. Yeah, I I my story is not unique in any way. I know that I've I've in my career I've met a lot of people in the fitness industry, and there are a lot of people that hit that five, six, seven year mark, and they say I'm done. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's nothing wrong with that. If you want, it, you know, if you're not happy with it anymore, you got to change. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely you need to change something about what you're doing. Yeah. Maybe you don't need to get out of the fitness Ex- industry. Exactly. But. I, I will tell you this. Um, anybody that's looking into training, you got to realize you're going to be working when other people aren't working because that's when they're working out. So for me, like my schedule is 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. and then usually like 3 to 6. Yeah. So it's like in a the weird, evening. It's a kind of a weird schedule. Yeah. yeah. And, and, were That's, you living in Burlington at the time yeah, too? Or, yeah, oh, okay. I, I lived in Burlington during that time. But now you yeah. live in Wapolo again? I, I live outside of Wapolo in a small little cottage. Which no. side? <laughs> like north or south? Uh, I live... East, west? I live to the <laughs> east. I got to think of where the sun rises. I live to... Well, the river I, would I, be east. Yes, I live on the east <laughs> east side of Wapolo towards Oakville, if anybody's familiar with the area. Uh, Oakville does not exist anymore, correct? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it's still there, but it's not nearly what it was. Yeah, okay. So I know the area you're talking. So I live on the west side of Let's. Okay. And so it is, you know, kind of a drive for me to get here. And I don't have that whole like, oh, well, I work in Muscatine and then I just come to the gym and then I go home, which that's really convenient for a lot of people. And I like that. I like that we are able to pull in from surrounding communities like because that or a lot of people work from home and coming to the gym is like their only way out (laughs) you know the only way to like socialize and stuff and so um I like that a lot um so for me it was just sort of like now that I coach here I still have to like get it all in at one time so I'm not like coming here to coach going home coming back Right. So once I'm here in town, I have to get my work done, get my workout in before I like get home. Mm -hmm. So um, and I do sometimes make a special drive just to come in to work out like maybe on like a like my day off. Mm -hmm. But I usually will end up coupling that with like some other errands, you know, because you're just not going to make the 25 minute drive just for that. At least you're not going to do it consistently, probably, you know, consistently. And so um I can definitely see where, like, if you're working, if you live in Wapolo, you work in Mount Pleasant, like, getting to Muscatine to work out has to be kind of Well, and it's um, on my... I unfortunately have to play that solo game when I'm when I'm working because I work 12 hour shifts. So like what, three days a week or something? Three, Yeah. Three to four days a week. So it's kind of like a rotating, probably some days are three or some weeks are three days. Some are four kind of like well, that. And, and we're in a high need of, of workers right now because of this. So you can work the, as much as you want. basically. Yeah. And, and with the COVID stuff going on, I mean, it's, it's definitely needed. It's the numbers are high folks. Do you but, try not to work in excess though? Or 
I'm not good at that. <laughs> but uh, the money's nice. The money is nice. Money. Nursing yeah. is a very high. I mean, listen, you're, you're in a high burnout field. <laughs> yeah. But I, I uh, especially in the ER where you're always everything's emergency. <laughs> I like the adrenaline rush, though. I mean, that's what drew me to it in the first place. Yeah. And I, I've also I've I actually just talked to Kyle about this too. I mean, it, it's finding those meditative states where like you're not thinking is so important in in life and i i think that's one reason i like the gym mm-hmm. because like for instance today you know when you're climbing ropes and doing squats and doing jump ropes and breathing really really hard mm-hmm. you can't really think it's it's a, it's meditating you try not to fall yeah and that's <laughs> that's how work is too is like when we're slammed with all these patients and i'm running around and doing all these orders and giving these meds and doing all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, there's not really time to think you get, mm-hmm. you get in this groove where, mm-hmm. yeah, I can. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've never worked in the medical field, but I do definitely know what you mean when you kind of like get in the zone. I mean, it happens to me when I'm coaching for an hour oh, straight. I'm, sh- I'm sure. Yeah. I don't think about like, I don't even, you know, I don't look at my phone. I don't, what, if someone's trying to contact me, I'm not even thinking about the outside world at all, you know? And that's freeing. I, I have to have that or else yeah. I go crazy. Yeah. You know? I kind of come back to after the class is over and people start leaving, I kind of come back to like, oh, I should check my phone. Oh, I should go to the bathroom. Oh, I should. I'm like, you know, my focus like it com- extends back out or whatever, like the term I'm looking for, but you have such a narrow focus when you're like at work, you know, especially if you're like feeling very busy at the point that like you're at work or whatever. But yesterday was a little less busy for me considering people were gone for 10 to 15 minute chunks at a time running. And there wasn't a ton of crossover. Sometimes on those workouts, you'll still always have a couple of people in the gym or something. But, and I did because I had a few people not run. Um, they were like on a bike or something, but then I just felt bad because I would pester them while they were on the bike. (laughs) And a couple of times I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry that I'm like talking to you so much. And (laughs) I should let you work out. (laughs) It's always nice to have some type of distraction though. Sometimes in these workouts, especially if you're just sitting on a bike, like definitely having someone like talking to you a little bit. But, um, Kyle used to get mad at us because if we would do like some kind of bike workout or whatever, he would always say like, if you're talking, you're not working hard enough. If you can talk, you're not working hard enough, which is very true. Yeah. I feel like on a C2 bike though, you have to work really, really hard to not be able to talk. I mean, you can still push pretty hard and still be able to talk, but then you're not focusing on your pace and you're not focusing, you know, on that sort of stuff. But, um, but anyway, yeah. So I know what you mean. Um, so have you thought about trying to work somewhere closer? Um, I mean, cause even Mount Pleasant's like at least a 30 minute drive from Wapolo. Yeah. And that's the thing is I, I would have to relocate. That's, I, I enjoy living by Wapolo. That's the big thing is my family's there and mm-hmm. I'm very family oriented. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I've thought about working in other places, but at this point in my, my career, I'm fine where I am. I, yeah. I enjoy Mount Pleasant's more of a small hospital. Yeah. It's, it's considered a critical access hospital. Um, and I'm sure you feel this when you work here. It, it's, you you get that it's your coworkers become like a second family mm-hmm. you know you get to know them really well when mm-hmm. there's a, those small groups of coworkers yeah and that's i don't know that that means a lot to me at least mm-hmm. I, I could go work at somewhere like the university of iowa but you know am i going to really get to know my coworkers that well i don't know i mean i suppose probably within your departments you yeah. probably still are able to, I mean, because even at the university of Iowa, like there's just more departments to be yeah. in, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's probably similar to, you know, to that, but you know, if you're at a smaller hospital, it, it allows you to probably know the director and the, yeah, the higher ups. Whereas at the university of Iowa, you're not going to know any of those people. It, it's, it's just a tight knit community. Yeah. It's know. more of a tight knit community. Yeah. I can see that. Or, you know, maybe even like knowing some more of your patients and stuff like that too, mm-hmm. like at a smaller, smaller community. But, um, awesome. So you've been doing nursing for the last like year, year and a half. You yep. have been way more consistent here. Do you have like kind of a schedule or is it just, it's it's different every week that's it's different that's every the week. thing um 
that's just the name of the game. Do you think it's nice though? Like I, I noticed yesterday you did the workout like in Wapolo or like at home Mm -hmm. or whatever, but I have noticed that with other people here too. So I turned on the air conditioning in here, but I feel like it's very hot. I don't know how you're doing, but anyway, um, sorry, that was a little aside. Uh, (laughs) what was I saying? Do I think it's nice? About what? That's what you were saying. Do you think it's nice though? Oh, okay. Yes. I know where I was going. Okay. If you feel like you are part of a gym community, okay, but for whatever reason for your schedule, you have to do one of the workouts at home or once a week, you have to do a workout at home. You still feel a part of the community with that. Seeing Sugar Wad, yeah. Right? Uh, that's that's very true. But if you were just solely at home and you no. never came in here, you wouldn't care about Sugar no. Wad. No. I, I feel, yeah... I feel that uh, Sugar Wad is a tool that can that I can use to motivate myself just by seeing that, not even from a competitive standpoint either. And I know that competition drives a lot of people, and it drives me here too. But just seeing that, like we were talking about earlier, it's that indirect accountability of, mm-hmm. oh, those people did something. They did the workout. I, yeah. I should probably get off my, my ass <laughs> and do it too. Even, even if I'm not able to get into Muscatine today, if... If I have to substitute some exercises and do it in a scaled version because I don't have the equipment that I need, right. there's there's different ways to get things done that yeah. still make make you move your ass, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like if you're able to plan out your week and you know that you want to get like four to five workouts in, you can plan like which workouts you're going to be able to do in the gym, which ones you're going to have to do at home. People are also very like, they feel proud of you. They're happy for you that you were able to get in a workout at home, even though you couldn't like make it to the gym. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, oh, great. He still was able to like get that done, even though he had to stay home today or like whatever. Exactly. And it's, it's that camaraderie. I mean, yeah. We're all one unit here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, um, I don't know if there was any other thing. You didn't really talk a lot of shit about Kyle, so I feel like we could maybe spend the last like five or so minutes. <laughs> oh, five minutes isn't that long to talk shit about Kyle. Not a lot. So fun. Not a lot of time. But so I'll tell a quick story to maybe like start it off. Um, I went down a rabbit hole the other night because I was looking for some photos to use. Everybody knows I like to make like a graphic every week for the podcast. So I wanted to go like way back old school and look for some photos from like 2011, 2012 of like Kyle and Jacob and kind of put something like more funny together. I kind of like to make things kind of funny a little bit. And, um, plus they're just both like, I want to make them look a little stupid, you know, because it's funny. But um, so I went down this rabbit hole, like going way back in their like Facebook, Instagram pictures. And I saw the photo. I think it was in Kyle's Facebook. Actually, I can't remember if it was his Facebook or his Instagram, but um, of him getting the fireball tattoo. Yes. And you had comments on like you had I, commented on it. And I, it was like years ago. right? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I was actually there for that. That was uh, that was quite the experience quite the weekend um that was day two of a bender of us and a bunch of people and uh i remember going to the tattoo parlor with uh, a few people from lnm that we were friends with Mm. and uh they told me i was too drunk so i needed to leave the tattoo (laughs) parlor but i could i could not get the tattoo which uh you know in hindsight that, that was the one there's one of the few rare examples where uh alcohol actually works in your favor Cause I, uh, I avoided that. You don't but, have a visible fireball tattoo. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he wears it with a badge of pride. I, I, he's always in here in shorts. He's showing it off. You know, I, I wonder how much he even thinks about it. Oh, it I know. I know one of our friends that got it, got it covered up. So he must not have liked it too oh, much. Really? So yes. So, um, he regretted it, but it's hard to tell what it is if you don't know. Yeah. If you don't have any clue. Yeah. But <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> So I saw that because, of course, I have no idea, like, when he, you know, got that tattoo. I think since I've known him, I think he already had all of his tattoos and stuff. So I don't... But I have known him now for quite a few years. I want to say, what, he said he started at the gym, like, right at the end of 12, right at the beginning of 2013. I mean, so you're talking about that being eight years. I've known this dude. So, and I've known him, I guess, obviously much better because we've worked together almost the last five years. It's been almost five years coming up and that is hard to believe that it's been that long. 
time flies when you're having fun. Right? Yeah, definitely. So anyway, I just think it's funny to like talk to somebody who knew Kyle from before because also it brought to light when I was looking back at his old stuff is um, especially like his Instagram. He's got all these videos of him doing like total like dog shit snatches and like ring muscle ups and stuff. Yeah. And you like look at him now and you know, everybody's just always like, oh, you know, he's so good at that stuff and he makes it all look so easy. And it's just like, bro, he has been doing it for so long. Practice makes progress. Yeah. Guys. But he's just definitely like even himself has like come a long way. And I just think that people haven't really gotten to see his like before and afters, mm -hmm. you know? So I don't know if you have any like comments on any of that, like before and after type stuff, but I feel like, I feel like he's come a long way from like what you were describing to like, like who he is now. Oh yeah. It was like, like I said, you know, weightlifting was something fun, but it was never to the point where he is at now. Yeah. Well, you he know, wasn't trying was, to like, get I don't know like you really have to dial in a lot of technique to like get those higher no, level skills yeah. and if you're just drinking and just like bro lifting you don't really it's not the same that's that's exactly <laughs> it no squats just bench press yeah. and, and pull-ups that's yeah. all you need in life right and, uh, that doesn't make a very round athlete we'll put it that way right <laughs> uh, and then you know given your other uh extracurricular activities yeah. it's gonna be hard to see real progress with any of that stuff so um so you guys kind of, I sort of feel like, you know, the story that you told, I sort of feel like you guys are on the other side of, of that. And now you can like be friends in like a real adulthood yeah. where like you're doing actual productive work and you know, stuff like that and feeling like good about yourselves. <laughs> exactly. I, it's, you know, for the longest time it's just drinking buddies, but, uh, either people grow up or you don't. And the people that didn't, I mean, there are, I, I'm not trying to bash any of my old friends, but w different priorities in life. And you have to separate yourself from that. Yeah. I, th I think a lot of people have experienced that. So yeah, it happens. It's really hard to stay lifelong friends with people. Just, you just have life changes and sometimes, you know, people don't want the same things as you. And then it's definitely hard to, yeah, it's keep tough. it up, you know, especially yeah. like once you have kids, it makes it really difficult, you know? So I've been told I would not know personally, <laughs> no kids, unless one shows up at my doorstep. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's keep our fingers crossed that that doesn't happen. But. Yeah, that would be, that would, that wouldn't be good. So, all right. Awesome. So then your immediate plan. So say your like three year plan is basically to just kind of stay, stay the course. Yeah. Stay sober. Point. Keep your job. Keep working out. Yeah. That's my, that's my life plan as awesome. of right now. I do you do, have a, like a significant other I do person? have a significant other. Okay. A very great girlfriend that's, uh, nice. she's going through nursing school right now, actually. Oh, great. Um, and you guys live together in Wapala? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, hopefully we'll, after she's done, we'll get a house and a nicer home somewhere. A nicer house. Okay. Somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, that's See where life the, takes us. That's always the goal, right? To get a nicer house. Uh -huh. I'm stuck in my house for like a long time. So I'm trying to just make the house I have nicer, which is not very fun. <laughs> not a big fan of renovations? Uh, It's not that. It's really, it's like the money that it costs to do it. Well, and uh, Every year I want to spend $20,000 on my house. So yeah. I have to make $20,000. And then my husband's always very stressed about spending money on the house because he always thinks of it as dollars and cents. He doesn't think of it as like, this is our home we're going to stay in. He's like, well, our house isn't worth this much money. You can't just keep putting money into it. <laughs> oh, my, my dad was a contractor and I used to do side jobs with him all the time. Oh. And I, if, if there's one thing I know is those renovations never go as smooth as people think they're oh, going never, to. Oh, never, yeah. There's always a hiccup that comes up. Something stupid happens and costs a lot more money and a lot more time. <laughs> Um, I've been renovating my whole life. Uh, my parents always were sort of the flippers, the fixer uppers. My parents were always looking for a deal. So we lived in some of the craziest places that my parents would get for literally like nothing, like no dollars. But then we'd have to like completely rebuild the entire house. So I just lived in a state of construction <laughs> my entire life. And then I continued that into my adulthood and it has done nothing but just be annoying. And, but I limit myself based on the fact that my husband decided to be a farmer in Let's, And it's like, I'm very limited on what I can like choose. 
So it's like, oh, well, we'll just renovate. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to do that. <laughs> well, you're, you don't know anything different, Shannon. Oh. What are you going to do when you stop renovating? I'm going to be so happy. Are Probably you? not. I, I think you're going to be lost. Probably not. I mean, <laughs> I'm just always going to, it's, it's the property that I live on. I feel like it's going to kind of be never ending. It's going to be kind of one of those things where you can just always improve it a little bit. You can always pour some concrete somewhere. <laughs> you can always paint something, you know, like <laughs> I do have a bunch of kids and dogs that ruin all my shit. So I'll probably end up having to like, you know, get new floors. Like there's always something that has to be done. <laughs> Better to be busy than bored. You always have something to do. Yeah, you know? that's true. You're like coming in clutch with the cliches. I like uh, that. Yeah. So. That- it's funny because before the pod, I asked you if you listen to any episodes and you don't, but we always make a big joke about the cliches. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that's awesome. Well, it was great talking to you. Thanks for yeah. being so like open with your past and everything. Yeah. I think that that's, it's good for people to hear stuff like that, to know, like kind of get a context and a feel for where people come from. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that a lot of people have crazy backgrounds that you would never even, you would never even know, you know, we all write our own stories. Yeah. It's good to hear others, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. So um, in one more part of my story right, before we go, okay. I have won the Buffalo wild wings, blazing wing challenge. <gasps> I just had to throw that out there. What? So, uh, I'm flexing on anybody that wants to try to beat me in a wing contest. Try to throw down. Uh huh. Damn. Just thought I'd add that in at the end. Oh, okay. Awesome. Well, um, good to talk to you and thanks for coming in here and uh, not being the mystery man anymore. So now I'm going to feel like I know you Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to call you Kramer from now on. I never knew if I should or not. So, but I will. Oh, we're friends now. You now call me we're Kramer. friends. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will.